0: exactly Dot .com right now for a discount so you can live Clairton Clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like Janine how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting. I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It is called Spotify for podcasters and here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start when you can start today then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify. And I have that online and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So, ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q&As and polls and even having video. So, I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app. Or you can go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. It is your host, Janine Amapola. Happy, happy Tuesday. I am so excited for today's topic because I really think people need to hear this topic. I think people that aren't necessarily in the position that I'm in or my guests that you're about to meet are in, it might be hard for you to kind of understand and relate to uh, you know, these people that you see on social media or that you see on stage. And so I wanted to bring on a guest today to kind of just talk to you guys like what is it like being a Christian in a public space, what is it like being a christian on social media where where you're in you know elevated platforms and people are looking to for answers and for things and they're expecting a certain thing from you and sometimes you don't live up to that and it's kind of it's a lot of pressure so I wanted to bring on my guest today j d rogers uh welcome j d uh oh I think it's already cutting up, out. Everyone. excited to be here uh you guys, I just want to preface really quickly. Of course. <laughs> Literally, Ryan is about to introduce him. It starts cutting out. I just want to preface: JD is in Texas. I'm in California. Texas is going through like this freaking crazy tsunami of a snowstorm, and so how how have you been handling it over there? Are you alive and doing well? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we're good. My house has been out of power for like four days, but uh, I've been staying with a family friend and it's been we're okay we're fortunate for sure but it's been crazy (laughs) texas was not ready we are not ready for this in the south
0: oh no it's like that uh that like meme or that video that's like oh no she wasn't ready
1: yeah i'm like we did not sign up for this that's why we live in texas we did not agree to this (laughs)
0: exactly no texas is like it's normally like if y'all don't know it's normally like 100 degrees in the summertime it's brutal but all of a sudden this like snowstorm came didn't it get down to like three degrees
1: yeah, it, it was like three, felt like negative 10. It was insane.
0: Oh, I have never seen Texas be like that, never. Me um, But that's why I want to preface really quickly. We're also doing this over Zoom, so I apologize if anything goes out or if anything funky happens, please bear with us. Hopefully, my editor can fix those problems. But welcome, JD, to Happy and Healthy. Uh, I'm so yes. happy to have you on here. Please give us a story of who you are, what you do, and everything of that sort.
1: Yeah, uh, so happy to be here. So I'm JD, I'm 27. I currently live in Dallas, Texas, Uh, Yeah, serving as the creative director for the Young Adults Ministry at Watermark Community Church called The Porch. And so I get the opportunity to gather um, and, and hang out with thousands of young adults in Dallas every Tuesday night. Um, and it's just been absolutely insane. I started this job uh, June will be one year, so still pretty oh fresh gosh. and new, but I'm really it's just such an amazing opportunity.
0: I love it, yeah j d is absolutely crushing it. him and I actually met last February. um the porch was hosting an event, and obviously, I had known who you were and everything, and we met there and we got to chat and it was really cool and um you're doing an incredible job at the porch, like if y'all don't know what the porch is go check it out. Especially if you're a young adult, if you're 18 to 24, you're in college, you're struggling with things like the porch has saved my life. Like I really think it did. When I lived in Dallas, I went there and it literally changed my life. And so please go check this out and you just might see your boy on there preaching on stage.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's been, that's been interesting and just a change of events I wasn't expecting, but it's just, it's really fun. Like you know, as I've thought, I've got to tell you some Janine, but just for people listening, like I never really considered myself a preacher. Uh, Never, you know, I've always just seen myself as someone learning and figuring this out just like anyone else in their 20s. Um, But unexpectedly, the Lord uh, gave me the opportunity to kind of serve as one of the teachers at the porch. And it's been a lot navigating that learning lots of mistakes. Um, But it's just been with that, Comes a pretty intense and high calling. Um, and it's just an opportunity to steward really well. But what I just feel a lot of times and where I'm thankful for is I just feel like I'm figuring it out with my fellow young adults in Dallas and uh, those that, that tune in with us. And so that's just really cool is I, I, I've just kind of given myself the freedom of like, I'm not up here on a stage claiming to have it all together or like I still have so much to learn about the Bible. Um, I'm, I'm, if there's a qualification, well, I'm probably not as qualified as some, um, but that's the beauty of it. I'm up here saying I'm broken. I need help. I need to learn this Bible more. And I want to teach you what I'm learning as we learn together. It's been really fun.
0: Exactly. And I think that's why you're able to do it so well. Like, even though you were thrown into this situation, like God is obviously so equipped you for such a time as this, as to be cliche and Christian, Mm -hmm. use my Christianese, but you you're doing great. And I think that's also why it's doing so well is because you are their age group. Like, and I've said this to other pastors before, I'm like, y'all have got to bring some people their own age that are able to actually relate to what they're going through. And you're 27, I'm about to be 27, and like we've walked through the trials of being single and then dating and then going through heartbreak and dealing with finances and addictions and overcoming all those struggles. And so Mm -hmm. it's really cool to have someone that's actually on the forefront, like walking through it with them. And so I just commend you for doing it so well. But as you were saying, that's also what comes and brings a whole bunch of other junk. I guess, like, what you were saying to me, like, why don't you kind of let them in a little bit on our conversation of, like, what is the hard part about that?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, one thing I have to fight is just my own insecurities. I think a lot of times, you know, Satan, he, he has a job, and his job is to uh, take and to kill and to destroy And to convince you that you're not, um, that you cannot use your gifts for the glory of God, that you cannot speak truth to people, that who are you to think that you can get up there? Do you know your past? And he keeps you stuck, and he keeps you in your head, and that doesn't change just because you start preaching the Bible. It doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Like it gets worse. (laughs) Yeah, he's coming every day, and I always tell people, "Are you getting up and coming for Satan because he's getting up and coming for you?" every single day he's coming for you he has one job one and it's to destroy your life so are you waking up realizing that you are in a battle whether you woke up prepared or not you're in the war you don't get to choose if you're in the war because there is someone coming for you yeah so i think sometimes my own insecurities i get up and i don't get ready for that battle well i'll talk about that more in a second but i think that i i can get in my head and go oh my gosh I'm not qualified. I've never been to seminary. I don't know what that word means. What if someone mm. comes down after a message and asks me a question and I'm just like, like, I'm just like, forget.
0: <laughs> like, like, I like, have like, no idea what I'm saying. I don't know how to answer that. I know nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, what am I doing? And uh, also, for so long, uh, so I have like a, uh, I didn't come to really know God and have a relationship with him until I was um, after my freshman year of college. And I've just had a past, like a lot of people just riddled with mistakes. And I've made a lot of big mistakes. And I think a lot what the what Satan does to me sometimes is he tries to keep me in my past. Yeah. And therefore I miss my opportunities that God's trying to give me right now in my present. And because I'm stuck in who I once was. And mm. so he's like, You can't be this. He tries to say, You can't do that because remember who you were. And I'm like, that's the point. Like I remember who I was, but because of Christ, I now get to see who I am and then be that person. But there are some days and there are some times in lives where I forget that. And it's, it's, it's hard to get out of the mental, the lies and the fog and the insecurities and, um, and some people will, after I give a message, I'll get, I'll get feedback. I'll get emails. I'll get different things of like, Hey, this came off really confusing or, Hey, um, this really offended me here. Um, and I just I can have a choice. I can just sit on that. It's so much easier. I'm sure you relate to this. Like, how come I can get like I can hear stories of life change? I can see so many encouraging things. People can tell me that God used it and spoke to them, but then one person <laughs> just
0: takes know? one. Right. Just one, takes one.
1: One person is like, I was offended by this, or you said this wrong, whatever. Um, it's like one person can one person can be like, hey, uh, say something negative or say something that's not positive. And what I've realized is I don't want to make the problem about other people right off the bat. I want to first always approach the conversation going, am I secure? Because if mm. the one if the one negative overrides all of the ways I'm seeing God move and it's probably because I'm a little too self-focused in that moment. I'm a little too fleshly and my, my security is in others' opinions of me, not the security that comes with being a child of God. Mm. So I'm sure you can, what do you, what do you respond to that?
0: There's so many things I could say to that, but one, I would say, it's really cool to see your humility to just say like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm figuring this out. Cause that's exactly how I feel. And it is funny how, you know, in positions of, I guess you could quote unquote, say power or status, it's so easy to let this go to your head and be like, look at me and I'm on stage. Um, But it's cool that you're, you're allowing your, like they always say your mess to be your ministry. And it's, you're right. Like the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to steal that away from you and say, you're not equipped to look at your past. You have no business being on that stage. Right. And so I feel the same way. Like I, I never, I never imagined I would be leading Bible studies for women up to 250 women. Like I, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that. And so the same thing, like I'm on these Bible studies and I'm like, after the end of it, I'm like, did I just, what did I even just say? Like was any of that even right? Did I, did I even teach that well? Like I'll go back and rewatch the Zoom calls, and I'm like, oh shoot! And sometimes I don't even allow myself because that's where the enemy comes back, and he's like, oh, you said that wrong, and you did that wrong, and who are you to actually preach and teach? You're not equipped enough. So it's the same thing. Like even though my platform looks different than yours, like you're actually on stage, I'm on you know the internet doing this. The enemy always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he sees us on these stages or these platforms trying to share the gospel, yeah, he's going to try to do whatever he can to rob that. And it's so sick, but that's just the way he works, you know? That's the way he works. But it's hard. You're absolutely right. It's hard because you can have all these positive messages, all these affirmations, all these people just praising you. And it feels really good. And it's it's also can be very toxic because... You almost let it um, rule you and, and, and change the sway the way your day goes. God, you really got to make sure like, Lord, you are my main audience. I, it's an audience of one, but it's hard when you get all these people coming and saying things. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? And for me, it still looks different. I think for you, it's a little bit different. But anytime you're like a Christian in a public eye and you have all these Christians with their eyeballs on you, they're picking apart your verses and what you're saying in your scriptures and the way you preach that, like, it's so scary. It's almost like debilitating, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I, a few just verses I go to in like this conversation, uh, I think it's Colossians two, I think I need to go see, but Colossians two talks about how like we do everything like we're working for the Lord, not for man that kind of idea that's where we get that idea of audience of one is it's like one Lord, um, not working for the approval of man. And then reminding Ephesians six talks about how we do not fight against flesh and blood. Like we don't fight that person that made that negative comment. They're not my problem. Like the people that throw shade and throw hate, like they're not my problem. Like it says, but we do fight against evil forces and cosmic powers and rulers of dark sides. And like talking about just the, the, the the, like like satan and like that's who we're actually fighting and it's so quick to see a person as the problem and forget that there's spiritual warfare taking place and what i mean by that is like there isn't there is a war going on constantly uh between light and darkness and that darkness is ruled by satan and he's on a mission like i said and so i just have to remember and zoom out and go this is not about that person and their insecurities or their words or their hateful things this is about what satan's trying to do to me to take me down and fighting make sure you have the right opponent in mind like you gotta make sure you're doing that and then i love that it doesn't just tell you who your enemy is in ephesians 6 it just then tells you how to fight him with saying hey so pray and put on the full armor of god and it just lists out how to armor up when those hateful comments come, and when, and when hard things in ministry come and try to distract you or remind you of your past, to pray that armor of God over you, I've just found that so, so helpful um, going, just hey, Have I am I, in, am I, am I ready for battle? Because it's coming, like I said. And then yeah. I love uh, your sweater right now says, "Abide." like <laughs> I have found I have found that that is the key. Like to to longevity and security in your ministry, John 15, like I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And so my public ministry, my public ministry has to overflow from my private intimacy, my abiding. Yes. Because if I'm not abiding, I'm getting up there full of the flesh. I'm getting full of the flesh, full of JD. And of course, when people attack me, it feels more personal because it's me up there. But yeah. if I'm walking up there going, this is the Holy Spirit in me because I've been abiding with him. There's such a more confidence and those hurtful things don't take so much root in my heart. So when I, when I when I get into seasons where words hurt just a little more than usual, I go, have I been abiding? Like, have I really been abiding? Mm, that's good. Because it, 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 all the public stuff is secondary. It is the overflow of what's happening private. And I think the reason why you see so many people in the public eye have these huge scandals and moral failures and like misuse of money and all these different things is because at some point they elevated their ministry over abiding. Yeah. They, they began to think that ministry was enough. enough. Like, oh, well, I'm, I'm talking about God. I'm doing things for God. And I'm helping people tell them about God. And it's like, you're talking about God and you're talking about the things of God and you're not spending any time with God, knowing him personally. Wow. And that's what ministry can do with you. I think God sometimes is like, hey, buddy, would you stop talking about me for a second and be with me, like yeah. be with me and stop doing, doing for me. And I love that line that we say a lot of like, be a human being before a human doing or yeah. hey, uh, love is the root, do is the fruit. Like you don't do to get love. You do because you've been loved, but you have to, the only way you know that you're loved is by abiding those intimate times with God. Yes. And so I could go on and on about that. I would but say that was so like good. So, <laughs> yeah, like so many people have problems in the public eye and they're so insecure because they're not abiding. Yeah. And that's everything, everything. So I love that that's such a mission of yours yeah. to remind people to abide.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why I made this sweater because I was like, y'all, everything you do flows from that. Like if you just abide in him and everything you do, like you'll be fine. And I just was reading last night on my Bible study. I think it's first John 4, 18, where it's perfect. Love casts out all fear as you are abiding, as you're rooted in him. There's no fear in anything else. When you understand his love, understand who he is, understand what he says about you then you don't have to fear the opinion of one person. You don't have to fear the opinion of that DM you're gonna get or the the email you're gonna get because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't live for your approval. I live for God and God alone. So, and I love that you're talking about the private versus the public because so many of us we're in the public eye, right? This is what we're kind of talking about is we're we're you know I'm an influencer. So you're I I don't how would you call yourself a pastor now? I guess you're a creative director. Like you're still yeah. in the public. Yeah. (laughs) But it matters what you do in the private. And I made this post about it in the uh, on the Abide tribe. I said, um, who you are in the private will always come out in the public, because it starts in your bedroom, it starts in your home, it starts in your quiet time, it starts in your head, it starts in your heart, it starts in those little thoughts that you're doing. If you're not taking care of that, you're not taking care captive of that that's going to manifest somewhere else. And, and what's done in the darkness always gets brought out into the light. And that's why we're seeing these pastors and all these scandals, just what you're saying, like these little scandals, because they think they're good. They're like, I'm a pastor, I'm making money. My social media looks great. My church is flourishing. I have all these numbers, all this money coming in, but they're not really, like you were saying, they're not really knowing christ for themselves they stopped abiding they stopped keeping integrity they stopped um saying okay god audience of one am i good with you and you alone that's really that matters at the end of the day and so it's such a a heart check i would say especially when you're in the public eye like i would say yeah i'm an influencer but my job all of a sudden turned into ministry which is so crazy but you're held double accountable for teaching like now that i'm teaching on these bible studies it's terrified. I'm almost like, dang it. Why did I start this? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be held double accountable, but it's a higher calling. And I'm honored that God would entrust me with this ability to teach and to help women. But it's scary because now you're held double accountable. And sometimes it'd be your own people, your own Christians that come for you that they're like, Oh, why did you say that? Why did you dress that? Why did you, why did you post that song? It's like, they hold you double accountable because you're in the limelight, you're preaching, you're teaching. Mm -hmm. And so that's what JD and I are seeing firsthand is that it be your own people that come for you sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I want to speak to that crowd really quick. If you struggle as a Christian, um, you know, judging people in a position of authority or influence uh, that are sharing the faith I think one of the reasons why they get there in their hearts is because they forget the reality of that person on stage or on Instagram. They forget that that person is broken and they're not up there claiming to be perfect. They're claiming to be broken and pointing to the perfect pointing to Jesus. And I think if you were to judge someone, it's probably because you've elevated them too much in your mind. And, and so therefore when you elevate them, you elevate your expectations of them, and you're probably creating unrealistic expectations for a broken human being just like you. Exactly. Um, so that's one thing I would say. And then two, I'm reminded of the story I just taught last Tuesday or two Tuesdays ago, sorry, um, out of Luke seven, where Jesus is at the house of Pharisees, AKA at the time, the Christians, you could say, or the, the Bible knowers, the rule followers that were supposed to be on the same team as Jesus, you would think. But then it says this sinful woman enters the home and she starts to cry and weep at the feet of Jesus. And, and this Pharisee looks at her, it looks and thinks in his mind, man, this guy must not be a prophet because if he were, he would know what kind of woman is at his feet and touching him because she's a sinner. And then Jesus says something really cool, not to preach a sermon, but like he preach knows <laughs> the, he knows the thoughts of the, of the Pharisee. And he says, Simon, can I tell you a story? And Simon's like, say it teacher. And he was like there are two people that uh, a guy gave money to one owed 500 silver coins, and one owed 50 and the owner of the money says hey both of you cannot pay me back i get that so i'll cancel both of your debts you're good to go and he says which one do you suppose was more thankful or loved the, the guy more and the pharisee said i suppose the one who owed more because you know he owed 500, so he had more to be thankful for. And Jesus says, exactly. He said, in the same way, because this sinful woman sees how much she needs me, because she came owing a lot because of her sins, she loves me more. So what I, and he says, he who's been forgiven little, loves little. So if a Christian is quick to judge, and quick to point, and quick to go, they're saying that, or they're not that educated, or they got that wrong, and i not- making it about the person and judging them um, or assuming, because let's be real, most of them don't even know them. Um, let if, if that's taking place, it's probably because that person has forgotten their need for the gospel in their own life. And so yeah. all of us, and I can do that too, guys. Like all of us need to make sure that we are remaining humble. And I think the way to do that is going, I need the gospel. I'm the sinful woman who is in great need of my debt being paid. Yeah. And if we all would see yourself as that, um and not forget our need for Jesus we would see a lot more love and a lot less hate
0: yeah that's so good so 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 good i think that's such a good point to bring up because like obviously yeah you would expect if someone is in a power of preaching or ministry that they would be living a righteous life that they're not living a double life that they're actually practicing what they preach you you would obviously would expect that and that's why i'm saying like we're held accountable a little bit higher right but i think again what people need to remember is as you were saying is like we are broken people that's why i'm so open about my story things i've been through like i'm very blatantly open about my past struggles on my podcast because it's not like i'm like look at me and i'm this perfect person and i did this all by myself it's like i only did this i only overcame all these things because of christ and so i'm very open about it in my bible studies and stuff because i don't want people putting me on a pedestal i don't want people worshiping me like if I become someone's God or if people girls are looking to me to be their God, literally God help us all. Cause I will fail you all. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm still a (laughs) sinner. Like I'm, I'm still figuring this out just like y'all are. And so that's why you cannot put pastors and preachers and influencers on a pedestal. Like I don't want anyone putting me on a pedestal. Now there's a difference between, Helping call someone higher, that's also what your community is for, is your community is meant to call you higher, call you out on sin. It's not like we can't be corrected, but sometimes there's just these little nitty gritty things that people look at me and they're like, well, if you're a Christian, then why did you do this? If you're a Christian, why did you wear that? And I'm just like, what? Like, I can't win in anybody's eyes. And so I feel like as long as I know my community around me is like, no, Jay, you're doing great. There's no sin that I see. There's no error that I see and they're holding me accountable and calling me higher then I feel like it's okay. Like that, those are the people that intimately know me. Those are my close 12, my close three, but to have people on the internet try to kind of call me out and try to tell me what I can and can't do. It's a little bit harder for me to try to accept that correction. Cause I'm like, you literally saw one second, you saw an Instagram story. You don't really know the full truth. And so it's harder for me to accept that correction from people on the internet but I'm always someone that's going to try to be humble and have humility and say, let me at least think about that. But sometimes people are on the internet. They're just mean. They're just flat out mean for like literally no reason. Like just be nice guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. You, you reminded me of just like when I'm, it goes back to the conversation of like, who are you listening to? And I love that you brought up community Yeah. What I've learned, and this is for everyone. Like, this is not just for influencers. This is not just for pastors. This is for every single person who wants to be about the things of Christ. Um, I have a choice. I can care what Instagram or I can care what the audience thinks of me, but they don't know me. They're, They're forming a perception and a judgment, like you said, off of one minute video or a 45 minute sermon. And even if they came and told me something good or bad, I can't technically trust it because they don't know me. That's why it's so important to ask yourself, evaluate, make a list. Who are my truth tellers? Like who are the people that are not flattered by me, that are not, um, they're not my little fans. They're not uh, looking to just like be in my corner, but are actually going to tell me the hard truth that I don't always want to hear. And if you don't have people in your, if you don't have those truth tellers in your life, if you don't have people in your corner willing to tell you the hard things that you don't always want to hear, then you're probably coasting and you're probably, there's probably a lot of blind spots in your leadership. Um, are you there?
0: <laughs> I can hear you.
1: <laughs> this is a Dang mess, it. but go ahead. Um, one more time. And if you don't have truth tellers, if you don't have people willing to tell you the things that you don't always want to hear, Uh, You probably have blind spots in your leadership and don't even know it, like in your, because you don't have people willing to tell you the hard things. Like you don't just want uh, fake friends. You don't want fans. You want people who are saying, I love you enough to in love tell you the truth because I want to see you fully thrive. And that's where I can step on a stage confidently because I'm around people who know me fully. And if you're getting up there and you have things to hide, then you're operating out of so much insecurity but if I'm going no I have these group of I have this group of people in my life that know what I'm struggling with know what I'm walking through and are going to point me to truth then like it's not me getting up there it's we
0: Mm, that's good
1: I'm not the person they are a part of my ministry just as much as I am like you do not like I said earlier beginning of this podcast you're you are in a war and no one goes to war alone okay you go to war, you, you strap on and you lock arms with brothers and sisters in Christ, and you go to the war with fellow soldiers ready for battle. And when you're weak, you need them. You need them to help you. You need them to fight for you. Yes. And I'm telling you, I would not be able to get on stage and to preach God's word in my flesh and in my weaknesses and my brokenness if it were not for my truth tellers, if it were not for my community, the people willing to help me when I am down. And lift me up when I'm weak and remind me of truth when I'm believing lies. And so, Mm. you know, we, those people that are probably commenting all those things and saying all those bad things, I bet if I were to look at their life, they're pretty lonely people. Mm. And because if they had good truth tellers around them, they wouldn't be able to even do that because those people would be like, why are you doing that? Like, that's not, that's not loving. And so that's That's good.
0: No, I love that. That's a, that's a great take. And what's the whole Bible verse that's like, uh, don't look at the log in someone else's eye or the speck in someone else's eye if you have a log in your own eye? Yeah, Matthew
1: 7, I think.
0: And I just think it's important for us to remember that when you are looking at someone online, especially a Christian influencer, you just have to remember that they're not perfect. I hope no one's claiming to be perfect. And don't go pointing fingers and judging people when you need to also check your own heart. You know, are you living by what you're preaching? Are you... When you're pointing out things in someone else, are you actually doing that yourself? And so, again, just remembering that there is there is always more than meets the eye. You're getting, you're getting when you got, watch JD, you're getting a 45-minute sermon, and that's what you're seeing. For me, you might be getting a YouTube video. You might be getting an Instagram story, but there's always more to the story. And so we're obviously trying to do our best. You know, we want to be righteous. We want to look like Christ. We want to be holy as he is holy. We want to be pure as he is pure, but there's still going to be areas of fault. There's still going to be areas where we have to grow. We have to learn. And again, that's where our private places, our community, our our church, our times where we're you know, doing devotions and our friends call us out on things, that's where it first starts. And so for me, I know like that's where I have to keep working. There's still insecurities I have to work through. Still a lot of things I'm sure I need to be humbled in. And so we are trying our best and it's not like we're ever claiming that we're perfect. And so just remember that when you're seeing that, and be easy on people because everyone is trying to deal with things off camera, off stage that you don't see. And so just try to remember that next time you look at a pastor, an influencer, whatever that person is. Anything else you want to add before yeah. we close out? And I think,
1: yeah, I think what I can speak for you, because I feel like I, I know you and like what you're about. Like, I think Jan- Janine and I like what we commit to you guys, as we are trying to figure this out. And we attempt to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Like what we, what we commit to and try to, to live like is man, if we're not doing these things that we're encouraging people to do, it's not worth the influence. It's not worth the stage. There have been times where it's my yeah. week to quote unquote teach. And I don't, I don't take it. Cause I'm like, I haven't been abiding. Like, I know Janine for you, I've seen you take breaks from social media. Cause you're like, I don't need to keep teaching. If I don't, if I'm not clear, if I haven't been with the exactly. Lord. So like guys, I'm taking a, I'm taking a break. Cause it's not worth it. God doesn't want my sacrifice or my offerings. He doesn't want my doing. He wants my being, he wants me. And so if I'm forgetting that I'm taking a break and you commit, we, we commit that to you guys that are trusting us and looking to us. We prompt, like we, I don't want to say we promise because we're humans, but like yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is like, as long as we can, like we are striving to be about it, like to actually be about these things we're preaching to you guys and teaching you guys. And, you know, may our ministry, may our influence never outpace our character. May it Oof, never, yes. may, may our giftedness never be the forefront of who we are. May everything yeah. we do be because of Christ. And if we start to get out of whack, which we will because we're yeah. human. We get to say, hey it's not worth it I'm pumping the brakes I'm taking a break and I'm getting this thing right my vertical before my horizontal right. and that's just I think I just want to I just want to end with that by saying yeah. when we get it wrong we're not just saying we keep on trucking like we keep on let's let's keep on going like it's I think the actual leadership is when leaders are willing to say I've been getting it wrong recently I'm gonna go take a break get it right with the Lord and no time frame like I'll be back. Uh, if the Lord wants me back, I'm his, not yours. Uh, that's not so people's. good. And
0: yeah. so,
1: yeah, I think that's what I would end with and just encourage people. If you're if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not an influencer or I'm not on a stage. Uh, you do not have to have a title to be a man and woman of God, because guess what? The moment you said yes to Christ, you got a title and it was a child, a son yes. and daughter of God who created you with your own gifts and your own calling and your own purpose. And don't you dare sit back and let the enemy tell you that until you're an influence, you don't have, or until you're an influencer, you don't have influence or until you're a pastor, you can't preach or until you're in ministry full-time, you can't do ministry. When you signed up to be a son and daughter of God, you also simultaneously agreed to taking on a life of purpose that matters. And so don't wait, don't sit back. And then also know though when you step into that yes, you're also stepping into a lot of mess, a lot of different things that are going to come with it. And that's how we're talking about this. Yeah. Hard things will come, suffering will come. That's what we're promised in God's word. But God is good, and we're figuring it out until glory. So.
0: Amen. Oh, he just popped off. That was so good. Yes, I completely agree. I just think. you know, people come to me all the time and they're like, well, I'm not an influencer. or I don't have this or I don't I, I don't want to like I'm a, just a doctor. I'm just a teacher. And I'm like, great. That is your mission field. That is what God has gifted you. That is where your your ministry is. Those children are your ministry, your coworkers, That's your ministry. So do what you can with what God's giving you, with the talents that you have, because my calling is different than your calling. And so don't look at me and be like, I'm not Janine. I'm not JD. I can't do what they do. You can do it in a very different way, but the way that God has equipped you to do. And so I love that JD reminded us of that because, yeah, it's easy to look at us and be like, oh, well, you're just, you know, that's just who you are and you can do this. But like God has equipped you with completely different talents and gifts. So don't um don't squander it, like use it and learn how to grow that. And, and again, abide in him so that you can bless people that it just outpours from you no matter what you do. And, um, yeah, I think that's a great, a great time to, to end on that. That was a great high note to end yeah. on.
1: Well,
0: thank you Love so it. much, JD. I think that was awesome. I really hope that this helps some people, um, that are, you know, maybe listening and, or watching the video. Um, why don't you let my listeners know really quickly where they can find you and where they can watch the, the porch and everything as well.
1: Yes, uh, I would say I'm most active on social media, on Instagram, uh, just JD underscore Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. People forget the D. They go find random yeah. that it's not me. Um, and, and then uh, you can go to YouTube or any streaming plat- platform, type in The Porch and just so many amazing resources. I'm yeah. coming in and standing on the shoulders of amazing leaders that built this ministry um, with the Lord and just years and years of helpful resources We oh, just cut off so
0: okay. I think I heard you. He said he has helpful resources to help you oh. know the Lord. Uh, I got unstable again. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> so it annoying. Happens. Uh, sorry, basically, guys he was this. saying, the, Yeah, I, I am so sorry, guys. It's my Wi Fi, my Wi Fi has been funky. Um, yeah, basically, links are all down below. Thank you guys for listening again. I post every single Tuesday. Um, JD's stuff will be down below. My stuff will be down below. Check out the porch. They do a sermon every single Tuesday. JD, you're crushing it. I know you're equipped and I'm rooting for you from LA and I'll be back in Texas soon. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening and I will catch you next Tuesday. Stay happy and healthy. Bye guys. And bye JD. See
1: ya.